Thank you, Kate. Turn your Bibles, if you will, this morning to John chapter 6. It's one of my favorite chapters and verses and stories, and and I love this story, and I've preached from it many times, and it's always a good place to go, and especially where we are right now as our church, and I just want to share with you this morning, probably stuff I've shared with you before, but as I was reading this week, I kept coming back to this, and I'll be preaching about it again tonight. I think there's two things that the Lord wants to teach us right now from this scripture, so uh, I want us to, to stay here for a couple of services. Let's stand and read together. This is my Bible, the living Word of God. I am what it says I am. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. This word is the truth. It never changes and can never be destroyed. Right now, my mind is alert. My heart is open. I'm about to receive a life-changing experience. I will never be the same in Jesus' name. We're going to begin reading with verse 1 and go through 15. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the miraculous signs he had performed on the sick. Keep that in your mind why they're there. Then Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover feast was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Eight months' wages would not buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and the men sat down, about 5,000 of them. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, Gather the pieces that are left over. Nothing, let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the miraculous sign that Jesus did, they began to say, Surely this is a prophet who has come into the world. Jesus, knowing what they intended to, what they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. Let's pray. Father, this morning help us to see what it is that you use to accomplish great things. And Father, help us to desire to be part of that. And Father, teach us what you seek to teach us. And help us to hear your heart as we go through this scripture. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We're headed into Thanksgiving and Christmas. And there's a lot going on. And we have lots of things that we're doing this time of year. There's some things that we do that uh, we did last year, and we sat down as a board this year, and we felt like that was something that God wanted us to do again. And so we talk about these things, and I think sometimes when we talk about them, we just assume that everybody knows what's going on and, and why we're doing it. And, and I think sometimes we get a little bit lax in our thinking about it, and we just kind of forget about what is actually going on. And sometimes I think we announce all this stuff, and we hear it, but we don't really apply it. Or, uh, or don't really know why we do what we're doing and are we just putting up signs just to have one day when people come and, 
And what's this really about? And this morning, I want you to look at a time when Jesus fed a lot of people. Here in a few weeks, in two weeks, it's going to be our desire to feed a lot of people. And Jesus had been doing ministry, and the people heard what Jesus was doing. And the reason they came, I want you to understand, if you read in the first part of it, the reason they came was to get something. It wasn't because they wanted to hear what Jesus had to say. It wasn't because they wanted to hear his message. It says that they came because he was healing the sick and he was doing signs. They wanted something. They came because they heard Jesus had something to give them. They wanted something. They wanted to see a miracle. And I want you to understand that that doesn't seem to bother Jesus at all. It doesn't bother him that they were coming for something different than what he was actually trying to do. He had come. He said, I've come to seek and to save those who are lost. It's the lost. That's what he was after. He was always seeking to draw the lost. And that's not why they were coming. And it doesn't bother Jesus at all. It doesn't bother him that they were there for that. And I want you to understand that uh, uh, that on our... And on our uh, Turkey signs, I don't know if you've seen them up, but we've got our, our turkey signs up all over town. It says we're giving away a free turkey. And people will come to get a free turkey, but what if we put on their free Thanksgiving sermon? It hurts me a great deal, but I would say that no one would come for a free Thanksgiving sermon. And if you came and you, and you had a car and you said, I would like for you to come hear a free Thanksgiving sermon. People would say, I'm really not interested. So we need to understand that when we, when we do ministry like this, it's what Jesus did. There was something that they were after. They said, I have a need in my life. I, they, some of them had sickness. Some of them needed, some of them just wanted to watch. But they wanted something, and it wasn't really God's complete purpose that they wanted. They just wanted something that they needed. And I want you to understand that doesn't bother Jesus at all. He says, that's fine. He welcomed it. It doesn't, you don't hear him saying anything bad about that at all. He, he expected it. And I want you to know that, that, uh, that it's okay. And they came for something else and it didn't bother him. And, uh, I want to challenge you to see what, what was happening with Jesus was everyone that day, everyone that day got something. They got fed. That's not a bad day, is it? Is it a bad day if everyone comes in and, and leaves and they got fed? That's what's going to happen on the 22nd. I don't know how many people come. There may be more than we had last year. There may be, may be less. I was at Nixa last week, and, and uh, the, the Nixa church partners with all the churches there in town to, uh, to a group. I don't know what the name of the group is, but they all buy turkeys. They said last year that, they'd already, that they already had people sign up, and they said that they were down 150, that the need was less this year. Wouldn't it be great if people were doing so good that they didn't need a turkey? Wouldn't that be wonderful? You know, and I think sometimes we think, well, we, we really, we want to give away more turkeys than we gave away last year. I think it would be wonderful if there was no need in Marshfield at all. 
Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't it be nice if everyone you talked to said, you know what, I got a good job this last year and everything's working and, and, and you know what, I, I just don't need a turkey this year. I would love that. But I think there's going to be some people in need. And our job and what we've decided to do is try to fill a need. And you know what, that's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus was about. But I'm going to tell you what, I'm, I know none of you are this way. But I'm, I'm a performance person. And you say, what in the world can you perform? That's not what I'm talking about. I want to see what the return is going to be. And I know none of you are like that, but I'm that way. And, and I want to know, okay, if we do this, what, what do we get? Our, our, what, when we give something, what are we going to get? We're giving all this time and this money and things like that. Are we going to get any return on that? So what do we get? How is this going to help us? And, I, and I've asked that question. And I've thought about it. And I've asked that question. And, and, I, and, and in my prayer time with the Lord, I, I've thought, Lord, is this, is this worth doing? And I always try to say what I'm thinking out loud and as I was thinking about that, I, I asked the question, is it worth, like last year that we gave away 360 turkeys? And so I said, is the fact that 360 people, 360 families had a turkey, is that enough? That's a pretty good day. You know what? That's a pretty good day when 360 families have a turkey. And if nothing else happened... That's a pretty good day. It doesn't talk about very much happening. I know there's some, there's some people that, got, that, that, that had sickness and stuff like that. But the main story of this, of this story, the main thing that's talked about and the p- things that people remember is that everybody got a meal that day. And that was it. That's what the Bible says is the most important thing that happened that day. And, and everybody got a meal that day. And, and Jesus called it a win. Jesus thought that was all right. And folks, I want you to know that when we do these kinds of things, just the fact that someone had something to eat is a win. And if that's all that happened, it would be a win. Now, that's not all that happens. There's different things that happened. And and, uh, in this story, it doesn't mention much that happened except that everybody got fed. And Jesus seems to think that's a pretty good day. The second thing that it mentions that that was going on at the same time was that the believers were tested. The believers were tested. The only thing we know for sure that Jesus wanted to get done was people to get fed and that the believers, those that were closest to him, those who called him Savior, those who, who were following him, would be tested. And no other goal is mentioned that day. In verse six, in verse six, it says that no other, no, nothing else is mentioned except that Jesus wanted to test Philip. Jesus had in mind, and it says that he already had in mind what he was going to do. I'm sure that there were other things that were going on, but testing Philip and feeding five thousand is the only thing that is mentioned. And this exercise of, 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 of dividing the bread and this, this was a test on someone who was already a believer. It wasn't somebody that just walked in and Jesus was trying to get them to believe in him for the first time. He was testing someone who already had a relationship with him, who was already following him, who was already listening to his teachings. That's us. 
There's times when God seeks to come and to test the believing church, to come alongside and say, are are you really going to believe what you say you believe? Are you really going to do what you say you believe? Are you really going to live out what you have, what I've given you? And I think that the next few months are going to be a test for us. Is the fact that people will get food and some people will get a car, if that's all that happens, is that enough for us? Is that enough for us? Or do we want to see something else? I want to see something else. But I'm going to tell you, as I have read this and as I have gone through this, there's sometimes that Jesus just meets the physical need. Now, later he may meet the spiritual need, but there are t- sometimes when Jesus ministers and the only thing that happens is a physical need is met. And Jesus seems to think that that's okay. Now, are we praying for more? Absolutely. Does he want us to pray for more? Absolutely. Can more things than that happen? Absolutely. And we want to pray for that. And so uh, I wanted to see what the test would be for us. I'm wondering how this is all going to happen. How are we going to be able to do this? How are we going to be able to buy the things that we need? And, and then how are we going to, I mean, I've just been thinking about this. How are we going to be able, we've we got to buy these turkeys, and then we're going to have to buy some cars, And last year, it all seemed to work out. We had people give us cars. And I want you to know, if the Lord lays it on your heart to give us your car, we'll take it. All right? And I'm just praying that that someone's got a brand new car they're wanting to give away. And No. But you know know what you have. And last year, we had a couple of people that that said, you know, I just have a car that I I use. But it's, it's, you know, it's a good car. But... The Lord's laid it on my heart to give. If the Lord, you know, we're not giving away new cars. The cars we give away were, you know, $1,200 cars, $2,500 cars. That's what they cost. It's a really good car if you ain't got one. It's a really good car if you ain't got one. I drove a little old Cavalier that I bought for 700 bucks and drove it for years. Because that's what I had. Me and Kale coon hunted out of it. Putting Roy in the back. We, oh, we was riding one night in that car. Of course, me and Kale in the front filled the whole front up. Cavalier is not a big vehicle. I had a blue tarp on the back seat. You don't want to know this, but it's kind of funny. I had a blue tarp in the back seat, and I just opened the back door, and Roy loaded up, and he just sat in the back, you know. And me and Kale was going out towards Niangua one night. And of course, we're both... Kale's just strong and broad. I'm just fat and broad. And so we had the whole front seat. He was on that side and I was on this side. And they had that little console in the middle. And there's not much room between us. And Roy was riding with his head up between both of us. Just driving, you know, as we're driving along. And all of a sudden I looked over and Roy was looking at Kale and he went. (laughs) And threw up. No. (laughs) And Kale just went. Roy, what's the matter with you? And Roy just went. That's all he ever did. But, you know, I've drove, I've drove those kinds of cars. And that would be a great vehicle if you don't have one. 
And if all we did was give someone a car that didn't have one, I think they would think that would be really good. And I think God thinks that's really good. He said, well, what if, what if they don't ever come to church again? What if they don't? It doesn't mention anybody here having great masses of people coming to know the Lord that day. It says they got fed and they left. And Jesus thought that was okay. Is it not okay that we just give and say, here you go. We want to be a blessing to you. Lord bless you. Is that not a win for the church? I think that it is. And it, and it tests me because I want more, but that's okay. And I've been thinking about this, and I'm like, how are we going to do this? But this, I'm just telling you, this year it seems hard. We've got, we've got fewer people. We've got fewer dollars. And it just seems like this is kind of a test, and it's going to be difficult for us. And it is going to be difficult. But our God is the God who does impossible one of the Mission Impossible movies that says, well, difficult should be a walk in the park. Our God does impossible things, so difficult should be a, a walk in the park. And maybe God is testing some of us. I know he's testing me. And I want you to know that in this story that happened, there's one ingredient. Someone had to give a gift. There had to be someone who gave a sacrifice, not just a not just a regular gift, but a sacrificial gift. Lots of times when I read through this story, I, I read all the numbers. There's lots of numbers in this story. There's it, it talks about there has to be eight months of wages. That there was five loaves and two fish. There's there's five thousand people. There's one, two, three, four, five different numbers. Five thousand people. Twelve basketfuls left over. There's lots of numbers in here, and the five, and the two, and the eight months, and the and the twelve baskets, and the five thousands. And we hear all these numbers, and the story seems hard to believe. How do you get five thousand people fed out of one, out of five loaves and two fish? It was eight months of wages. And, and I was thinking about all this, and, and that amount of work seems like it's, it's, it just doesn't, and, and the wages, and you're like, how in the world did that ever happen? How do you, five plus two, five loaves, two fish, 5,000 meals, how does, that doesn't work. That math does not work at all. And it seems too large for what we have. But it works, and not only did it work, but there was 12 basketfuls left over. Imagine having anything left over when 5,000 people came. How would, you, how would you know how to have enough food for 5,000 people? But Jesus, on the spur of the moment, makes enough food for 5,000 people. Plus, they said there was more than that, but, but there was 12 basketfuls left over. But there's one number mentioned in here that you rarely remember. And it doesn't say one, but it says A. Mark and Luke and Matthew don't mention the number one. Only Luke mentions the number one in the story of the 5,000. And he mentions it this way. He says, A boy. A means one. One boy. One boy is... When they ask, what do we have in the inventory? Uh, they said, we have five loaves and two fish. But Andrew says, and the, and the other ones they said we have five and two, but Andrew says we have a boy, five loaves, and two fish. 
There was something else added into the inventory. Have you ever, anybody ever watched, this is so amazing, anybody ever watch MacGyver? They'd get in, a, they'd get in some kind of a mess or something or another. And he'd go, well, what do we have? Well, we've got a, a Milky Way bar and a, and a piece of thread. Okay, I'll make a bomb out of it. You know, he's always, what do we have? What do we have? They take inventory. And Andrew says we have a boy, five loaves, and two fish. Andrew mentions the boy. Here we have a boy. And in the list of assets, they had one person willing to give until they felt it. They had to have one person give till they could feel it. Someone had to give. Someone had to say, I will give. And it's, and it's interesting to me that about all these people, and, they, and, the, and many people think there's more than 5,000 there. They think they were only counting the men, so there was gobs of people there. Even if it was just 5,000. Out of 5,000 men, there's nobody else that remembered to bring their lunch. I think there was. I think there was more lunches there. I just don't think there was anybody that wanted to give. I think it's interesting, out of 5,000 people, one, one said, I will give till I feel it. Because see, if you go without lunch, you feel it. This, uh, you know, we've been doing the 40-day fasting, and I've been, I've been fasting along, but it's also been Pastor Appreciation Day, and you guys have brought me pies and cakes and cookies and candy and cards to go eat i've gained 13 pounds on a 40-day fast how does that happen (laughs) how does that happen i haven't seen my feet in a month i guess they're still there it's awful and i've been and i I mean i've been skipping meals but you you just bring stuff and and when you bring me something i'm going to eat it I told Cindy the other day, I said, why in the world does people bring me stuff? They'll know I'll eat it. Because you got to, you know, that'd be rude not to. It'd just be rude. I wouldn't want to do that. And so I won't eat a meal here and then I'll I'll gorge myself on something over here. So this this fasting has not worked out for me this month. But there's only one kid that says, hey, I'll, I'll give what I got. I'll give what I got. And not just give. It wasn't an easy gift. It's, I'm going to have to do without. I'm going to feel this. This gift is going to be felt in my life. If I get, he wasn't thinking, he had no idea he was going to get it back. He didn't have any idea what was going, on, going, going to go on. He just said, I got to give this because I feel like I'm supposed to. And so you have this one boy give a gift that he could feel. And there was no way to know what would happen. So this boy didn't think he was going to get anything back. He was just giving it. And, and sometimes we give out of abundance. I was doing a lesson with the little boys on Tuesday, and I, I looked up who was the world's richest person. And then as I got to looking it up, there was all these stories about the amount of money that the richest people in the world give. And it's staggering how much money some of them give. But it's interesting who they give it to. I was, I was reading, a sto- uh, reading an article about, what's the one guy? 
Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett gave like $30 million to three different charities. And they were all foundations that his kids ran. And I was like, is that really... And I'm not judging. Well, I guess I am. But is that a, is that a, is that a gift, a real gift? I'm just asking. And sometimes we give... Because if I got $20 in my pocket, it's easy to give one. But sometimes there's, there's some people that if they gave a dollar, if they had $20 and they gave one, that would be, that would hurt. There's times in my life when every dollar I had would, would hurt. This kid feels it. This kid is giving a gift that he feels. He is going to know that it's gone. He's going to feel that in his life. And Jesus takes a gift that you can feel and he changes it into something that goes way beyond your imagination. And God is always looking for a boy or a girl or a man or a woman or a woman, a woman who will give a gift that hurts or that can be felt so that many lives could be touched. And the difference between what this boy did and what we sometimes do is he gave until he felt it. And sometimes we just give out of our abundance. And when I read these numbers, the need was met when a boy gave a gift that he could feel. What I'm asking for you today is, next Sunday, we're going to take up an offering for our turkey giveaway. It's also our fasting fund offering. If you want to say which, where it goes to, if you want to go to cars or you want to go to turkeys, I don't care. If you just want to give, you say, why don't you take that up this Sunday? Because I want you to think about what you're going to get ready to do. I want you to go home and sit down with your wife and maybe you can sit down with your kids and say, what gift would be felt in my life? The gift that this boy gave was felt. He was going to, when he gave this, he was going to have to do without something. And this is a great time to ask for you to give a gift like this, isn't it? I mean, it's Thanksgiving. We're buying stuff for Thanksgiving, and Christmas is just... I don't know about you, but I'm I'm not thinking about Christmas, but my wife is. And you kind of... You know, this is the time of year when you're thinking, okay, I got this many checks, and I got this much to spend, and, you know, it's a wonderful time for your pastor to say, I would like for you to give a gift that you feel, because this is a good time of the year to feel it. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And all the dads here are going, because oh. you're wondering, how am I going to pay for all this stuff? And then pastor stands up in front of the church this morning and says, give a gift that you can feel. And some of you are sitting there and going, I'm going to tell you what, pastor, five bucks I would feel at my house. Okay. I'm asking you. I'm going to sit down with my wife and say, okay, these are the things we've got to buy this next month. 
we're going to feel it. How much do we need to take out to where we could feel it? Maybe we don't need to go do something we're normally doing. Maybe we need to cut back on, on your Christmas present, Cindy. And, and uh... Hey, I'm being honest. How much would you need to give to where you felt it? You say, Pastor, you're just wanting our money. That's all you want. And I'm telling you, I sat over there this morning and, and, this, and this week I had prayed about what to preach this week. And this, when I started writing this, this is what God wanted me to preach. And I nearly crawfished back here. Because I knew you would think, some of you would go away from here and say, oh, the church just wants our money. It's the church, we're not going to do one thing with this. It it's all goes away. We're not paying any, nobody gets paid for this stuff. It's none of it goes into the church. Every bit of it's going to get giveaway. We have nothing to gain from this. But when you give a gift that you feel... God does something with that. And hey, I know, I know this is a bad time of the year to ask for this. I know this. I got, I got my blasted personal, in, that personal tax, whatever that is. Not my blasted, I got my blessed property tax. That's what it was. I got my blessed property tax this week. Does anybody open that and get mad? Am I the only person? I'm the only one. Hey, I got another person. That, yes, I see that hand. Yes. I see Tony. I know Tony hates it. This is a bad, okay. Now we're all being honest. Okay, we're all being honest. You get that, and you're like, I know. Hey, I know. I know. And I don't. And I'm not asking you for an amount. I, I told you how much stuff cost and things like that. But I'm telling you, I want to see God work. And in this story, it says, when a person gives a gift that they can feel that somehow or another, God comes into that. And I'm telling you, I want that. I want that in my home. And me and Cindy are going to sit down, and we're going to come up. She don't know it yet. Don't anybody tell her. I'll tell her this afternoon. I'm going to say, we're going to come up with a gift, an amount that we feel. Because the Word says that somehow or another God takes that and multiplies it and does more than you can ever imagine with that. And I want to be part of that. So this week, that's what I want you to do. Husbands and wives... Kids, sit down and say, what is a gift that I would feel, that we would really feel, that we would have to change the way we live for a little while, that we would have to change what's going on in our house? And let the Lord tell you what that amount is. Don't add it up yourself, but let the Lord tell you what that amount is. Next Sunday, we're going to take up an offering, and every bit of it will be given away. I promise you that. And I know that some people think, well, Pastor just stood up here and preached about wanting to get our money all day. That's the only thing he wanted us to learn today. 
Jesus said, I wanted to test those who were closest to us. And I don't know what he wants to teach you. I don't know. But I'm telling you, this is the message you put on my heart. And people will get fed, and you're going to get tested, and a miracle happened. And I'm seeking for that to happen in us as well. I I think that there was probably, when we go into Acts, and we see that day when the Holy Spirit came and 3,000 people came to know who Jesus was, I think some of them probably ate that day. I think we think that, that, that on the day something happens, on the day that we give something, then, then God needs to do something. Well, God may do something six months down the road. Or God may do something six years down the road. I cannot go keep, I keep going back to Jeannie Noriega, who stood up here and preached and told us about the needs. That church gave and gave and gave to her. And then one day, God changed her life. But most of the time she went, she needed something. This day, people came and they needed something and they didn't want anything else. And Jesus said, that's okay. That's okay. I want us to stand this morning. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for me. Father, we love you so much. Father, I pray that your word has been heard today and that it has not been misunderstood. Father, if it wasn't for this boy's gift, nothing would have happened that day. But you took a gift that a boy felt and you multiplied it. And Father, that's what we pray. And Father, we pray that you would use these things that we're doing however you want to use them. Not how we think they need to go or what we, need to, what we think needs to happen. But Father, we want these things to be used for your honor and your glory and for physical needs to be met. And you say that's okay. And so, Father, I pray that over the next few days you would come in and speak into our hearts, that you would test us. Your word says that you test those who are believers. You test those who are close to you. And so, Father, today I pray that you would test us. Help us to really think about what we need to give to others. And I pray that you would have your way and that it would be fantastic. I pray that we would be able to look back in years to follow and look back and see a time when you used what we gave for the greatness of your kingdom. And I pray that we would see that. And we ask these things today in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to speak the blessing over you. Can you guys get that up? This is the prayer of Jabez. Let's read this together. Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory and that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you.